episode of the Sports Ethos Chicago Bulls coverage podcast. I am your host, Keith Cork, and I am joined, as always, by my good buddy and co-host, Trey Hill. But, Trey, we have a special guest with us today, man. We are joined today by Mr. Hayes, who is the new host of the Locked On Bulls podcast and a longtime host of the Chicago Bulls Central podcast, which has really taken off, man, on YouTube, man. Hayes, thanks for joining us, man. How are you doing today, man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. No complaints at all. It's been a a very interesting week, but a good one, nonetheless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, and, uh, you know, good to get a couple of Bulls victories there, but, uh, you know, some good stuff happening. Obviously, a great season, so I'm excited to get talking to you about that, man. But uh, before we do get started with that, I want to remind everybody to go follow at EthosFantasyBK on Twitter. It's the single most dominant basketball and fantasy news feed on Earth. Get all your NBA news feed, NBA news in one handy Twitter feed. It's faster than the competition and provides more analysis, too. Again, that's at EthosFantasyBK on Twitter. Please go follow it now or my bosses will fire me. No, they actually won't, but uh, but please go do that. Uh, but, hey, man, so you are uh, – I think I heard – you know, I, I watched your Lockdown, you know, introduction, you know, uh, podcast there, and I think you said you were born in 86, which is making you the same age as me. Okay. So I'm excited to have somebody – because all these kids these days, man, they're like 22, 23, podcasts yeah. about the Chicago Bulls. You know, you need a little bit – I wouldn't call myself an old head. But, uh, you know, I'm a little bit older than these kids, so uh know a little bit more about, like, the Jordan Bulls and, you know, the 90s era and stuff like that. So, uh, but, yeah, tell me a little bit about your history covering the Bulls and when you became a Bulls fan and all that good stuff. Since birth, my dad was born and raised on the south side of Chicago. Uh, he lived there all his life before he joined the military and moved. I've never lived in Chicago, but because he was a, he was a Chicago sports fan, I grew up with Chicago sports, some of the early literally earliest pictures like of me as a newborn him feeding me falling half asleep while watching bulls games on the tv so it's just it's 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 literally literally been ingrained in my life since i i can remember and i remember you know of course i've only been conscious like aware and into basketball myself since the second three-peat but um yeah been a bulls fan my whole life yeah i say the same thing man i'm like hey i'm, I'm a fan since the second three because like like i said you know we're the same age so uh you really weren't like aware of basketball when yeah. you, in the first three p you know you didn't really know um but man i grew up like um we didn't have cable tv so i grew up like listening to chuck swirsky on the radio and like mm. uh and uh i'm sorry neil funk on the radio and stuff like that and so like you know was that how you really uh got to you know got to ingest those games or did you like watch them on tv a lot or you know what do you remember of the jordan era so interesting enough, we I grew up overseas. My dad was in the military, so we lived in Germany, Italy, a lot of my that whole second three peat era. So me and my dad used to have to stay up to two and three o'clock in the morning to watch Bulls games. So we had a satellite dish like the old school that took up the whole backyard satellite dishes so we can watch Bulls games. And we would watch them at like two o'clock and three o'clock in the morning. And he would let me because that was our bonding time. I have six sisters. I'm the only boy. So me and my dad's thing was always sports. Um, so yeah, it, 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 from, from that age of staying up that late to watching it, of course, at that time it was more, I just wanted to do something with my dad. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's my memories. Like literally staying up to one and two o'clock in the morning to watch the bulls play basketball. That is a uh, man. That is, that is some commitment, man. I don't know if yeah. I could even do that. And there's some of these late start games, man. It like starts at nine o'clock at night and central time. And I'm like, you know, falling asleep, but it's like halftime, man. So yeah. like uh, this week, tomorrow, yeah. matter of fact, yeah. it's going to be interesting. Yeah. These late starts are yeah. rough, man. So, um, no, that's awesome, man. So you said you're not in the Chicago area. So right now, are you in the Chicago area or are you, uh, are you abroad? Where, where are you located right now? Right now? I live in Columbus, Ohio. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 
So you don't make it to too many Bulls games in real life, or do you make that trek to go do that? Oh, I go to the. I try to go to Chicago at least a couple of times. I, before this year, before COVID, really, I would go to at least one or two Bulls games a year. But I would fluctuate between going to um, in Chicago, and then I would also DC is one of my favorite cities. So I would try mm-hmm. to go anytime that they face the Wizards as well to catch the Bulls. So. Yeah, you know what? I actually lived in. A, I lived in Virginia for about like four or five months, and uh, we made that trek up to DC. Man, that is a great area, man. I yeah. and I. I was actually covering the Wizards for uh, for fan sided a couple of years ago, and um, I do like some Wizards basketball actually. But yeah, that area is is awesome, man. I do like that a lot, especially all those museums you get to go to for free and stuff like that. So for sure. it's a lot of fun, man. Um, so let me ask you something though, uh, Hayes. You did say on Locked On that on your Bulls Mount Rushmore, you're putting uh, you know, you got Michael Scotty, you got Joakim, and you got Derrick Rose. Joakim mm-hmm. over Dennis Rodman, man. Are you yes. serious? I like, and let me ask you about that. So just yes. go, tell me a little bit more about that, man. A, he was with the Bulls longer. Uh-huh. B, for and it's my personal Mount Rushmore. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, Joe King, Joe Kim was the first Bull that I've got to see their career with the Bulls from start to finish, really, when you think about it. Um, and then the place that I started with Joe Kim is that I hated when the Bulls – like, I literally called my dad, and yeah. we were both going off about that draft pick. And by the end of that season – he was one of my favorite Bulls. So to go that far in the heart that he had, that he played with, and Joe King wasn't always the most skilled player, but you knew he was going to do something every single game. And for that, yes, he he's above Rob, Robin to me. He's I didn't person. realize that was such a controversial take. Well, I, I, you know, I, I mean, I, I realize they're close, but I mean, we saw how much Noah sacrificed whenever he was able to be kind of the dominant guy. He was he finished, what, fourth in MVP voting, I think. Yeah. Like, if he was able to be the number one guy, he took the back seat to Derrick Rose, and obviously he was going to do that because Rose was that talented. But Noah sacrificed a lot for the team that I, I don't think he gets enough credit for. So I don't I don't think the take's that crazy. I I mean, Rodman got helped us get three championships, but, I mean, and overall, Noah, I think Noah was the better player. And Noah won a deep boy. I mean, you know, hey, look, it's not that controversial, but uh, I don't know. For me— I, I I don't know if I put Rodman above Noah. I guess ultimately I'd have to think about it a little bit more. But I think there is a little bit of an argument to be made there. I just is it, is it the old man? Is it the grumpy old man coming out? Well, you know him? it is. You know me. Right? That's just who I am. So of course it is. But no, man. I, but I love I love I love the way that Dennis Rodman played. Man, obviously you know I love those bad boy Pistons. I love I love just the the grit that that guy played with. But when we talk about Joakim Noah, man. Uh, there is no denying that he was the heart and soul of those, you know, Chicago Bulls teams. Even though Derrick Rose was obviously the best player on the court mm-hmm. uh, when he, when he was healthy. So uh, I do have a question for you, Hayes, man. If you're looking at this current team right now, mm-hmm. who is the Joakim Noah? Who's the heart and soul of this Chicago Bulls team? I think you have to say Alice Caruso, right? I think you I, almost have to say that. I I like that answer, and, and yeah. we're gonna talk about it a little bit more later. I mean, uh, what do you think, Trey? BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. 
Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Yeah, especially after just seeing the difference last night once he when he came back, the intensity level. Not that not that he just played with, but he kind of raised the the intensity level all around. So yeah. I think he brings that out in other players. And I, I even mentioned that earlier in the season with Lonzo. It seemed like when Lonzo was playing without Caruso on the floor, he just wasn't quite as aggressive to me. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, you've seen, like, Caruso over there on the sidelines, like, coaching people up and stuff like that. I want to say it's more of, like, a committee approach to that kind of role on this team. Um, I mean, I see a lot of leadership, obviously, out of DeMar DeRozan, too. So I don't think you can really cut that short because you see uh, the way that Ayo Desumu has really, you know, developed his mid-range game. Um, you see it on the court more so with De- DeMar DeRozan, I think. But when you're talking about, like you guys are talking about here, where it's like, you know, you got a guy clapping on the bench really in your corner. Um, I do think you guys are right where it's Alex Caruso there um, that is that leader. So uh, just an interesting question, I thought. Um, so, hey, you you do make it up a few times, Hayes, every year. But tell me, what is your favorite, like, memory from an actual game that you've been to in person? It was surprisingly enough, it was a preseason game. I was living in St. Louis at the time, and the Bulls happened to have a preseason game in St. Louis. And it was actually Derrick Rose's first time playing since his ACL injury. Mm. And for me, that's always going to be a memory of seeing the Bulls live because I was courtside and just seeing Derrick Rose back on the court, moving the way that he was um, after such a such a long time of being out is oh and I was with my son my my oldest son Xavier it's always going to be a special time outside of that because that's just like a a personal preseason moment um I went to a game and I can't remember I I think it was I think it was against Houston and it was it was I think Derrick Rose's rookie season and he just went it was like one of his first times going off he was like he shot like two threes back to back and we were down and he just took over the game down the stretch. And it was just like, hey, this is the game that showed you this guy is going to be a star. Mm-hmm. And so that's always going to be a special memory for me as well. <laughs> Trey, I don't know if I've ever asked you that question, man. Let me let me throw it to you, man. What's your favorite uh, you know, memory from being like in the stadium or, or even just watching on TV, I guess? I I got to go watch Derrick Rose play in Indianapolis during his MVP season. So that w- that one's just kind of my favorite. I, I've only been to see them a handful of times, but that – that season in particular, I think I only missed one game the whole season. It was the first time I'd ever really gotten to watch every single game, pretty much. And so that that season and that game, that's just kind of – that's it for me. I'll tell you guys, man, the Bulls continue to suck every time. I, I went to the Indiana Pacers game this year where they lost by, like, 40 points or whatever it was, man. I don't know what it is. I should just stop going to games, but, man, they, they're just bad. So, actually, my favorite memory from a Bulls game – is actually the opposing player. Uh, I got to watch Nikola Jokic drop his like second or third triple double of his career against Chicago Bulls. I think oh was, wow! Yeah, I think that was like 2016, 17, 17, 18, somewhere in there. Um, but man, that was uh, that was impressive. I didn't even know who this guy was. I was like, look at this big old you know white European dude going lumbering up and down the court. I'm like, this this dude can't play really. And then uh, he drops a triple double on our heads, and we lost the game, of course. So uh, so that's my best memory. But I, I do ask everybody, Hayes, when they come on the show, uh, I put everyone kind of through the ring or just kind of give give, give their history of their fandom. But I do ask everybody this question. It's a little bit of a doubter, so do forgive me. But where were you when Derrick Rose tore his ACL? I was sitting at home. Uh, we were living in St. Louis, Missouri. I was watching the game, and 
I remember that season because it the Bulls were a better team than the season before when Derrick Rose won the MVP. And I, it really felt like if the Bulls were going to be able to make it to the finals, it was going to be that year. And when that injury happened, like, I was in denial. I went through every stage of grief. At first, I was in denial. I was like, oh, it, we'll get a report in the morning that it's not as bad. Maybe he'll miss the rest of the series. He'll be back to... Uh, you know, finally, I think it was the next day when they officially confirmed that it was a torn uh, ACL. And it was just I was sitting on my couch and I think I just stood there for a minute in complete and utter disbelief. And, yeah, it's, it was the, one of the most traumatizing moments as a fan ever. Yeah, it, it was. Um, I'll never forget it, man. It was just so awful. Uh, I just I love that kid, man. I love Derrick Rose. Yeah. I got to watch him in high school play. Uh, I did live in the, the, the city around that time when he was playing, you know, basketball and I uh, got to watch him play in high school and stuff. So I uh, just love watching him play for the Bulls. Was so happy that the Bulls got him, man. But uh, just so devastating when that happened. It just yeah, derailed man. everything the Bulls did for years. Yeah. Um, it was really hard for us to get back from that. But let me um, let me let me change the subject here a little bit. Let me ask you a little something here, Hayes. Yeah, you okay. got a little bit of a back and forth going with Mr. Uh, Joe Cowley yeah. of the Chicago Sun Times. Yeah. Uh, so let, uh, let me let me let me just get let me have you give me your side of the story here about that. So uh, so we've gotten into two different back and forths at this point. The initial one was he tweeted something. I can't remember exactly what it was, but I was just I like, I can tell you, I can tell you what it was. Uh, it, it was like the, uh, what, yeah, what did he tweet? I remember what I Imagine said, being, but I don't was remember it this one right here. Imagine being this gullible and baited. Lockdown Bulls is already slipping since the varsity players left and JV took over. That's that what it was. Right and it, <laughs> it, it, and because I think Joe Cowley is so disconnected from the uh, current Bulls fan terrible. base that mm-hmm. it, that him saying that, I think he didn't realize that my base before I even joined Locked On Bulls was bigger than Locked On Bulls, mm-hmm. right? That's how I got on their radar. Like, I literally built a channel in five months to pass, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of other people. And that's not, I don't say that to brag, but then to say that that's JV and then Pat the Designer, who's my co-host on the podcast, he has an even bigger platform than me. He has like 15,000 subscribers at this point. And for, for him to call us JV and to take it that personal, that's why it was like, okay, hold up, hold up, JoJo, because <laughs> uh, I, I, look, I, I got something to say. Um, and so that that's what it, it was, because you can have a disagreement about, you know, bulls and all that. That that comes with the territory of discussing the bulls on social media. But for him to be so disconnected and to speak from a place of just not knowing, and I don't act like I have any cashier. My name should be like on the on the on the tongue of everybody that they should just know who Hayes is because they don't and I don't have an ego when it when it comes to that but to say that it's JV and we both come in with bigger platforms than what Locked On Bulls was it was just like all right, Joe, you got you got to hold this L real quick. <laughs> and I think and I think with the responses that the fan base was almost more, more than anything I responded to him to see how the fan base of the Bulls were like, no, we've been listening to mm-hmm. Hayes and Pat for for a while. It it just made me smile because it's like, come on. <laughs> yeah, Joe, when, when Joe, he doesn't like you, that's that's like a badge of honor yeah, amongst people yeah. who really know what's going on. Like, I was that's about to just, say, when you find yourself on the guy. opposite side of Joe Cowley on Twitter, you are on the right side of history, my friend. So, uh, <laughs> so no, yeah, Joe Cowley just sucks, man. I don't think there's ever been a take that he's had. Like, there's some stuff that he posts that's like, you know, okay, cool, like it's informative, yeah. but for the most part, man, he's just like he's like a troll on Twitter. It's terrible, man. It, so it's amazing for a, a, a such a like. Uh, uh, 
reporter with a god complex to really not be as respected as what he thinks he is. Like he literally thinks that he said it. He's like, you guys wouldn't have content if it wasn't for me. Hey, first of all, Joey, Casey Johnson is way better than anything mm. you've ever put out. But you know, that, that I say that save that for another day. He's an entire gatekeeper, man. This Joe Colley yeah. fellow, and uh, and there's no reason like there's absolutely no reason because there's tons of great Bulls content out there. Hayes have been doing a great job. You're one of the rising stars in the Bulls community as far as like social media and and uh, you know Bulls coverage goes, man. So uh, he just doesn't know. Um, but yeah, Trey, you got any other thoughts about Mr. Joe Colley over there? Oh no, you know I I don't I have a distaste for him. Uh, excellent job though, kissing. But I thought I I was worried I was going to fanboy a little too much. But you did an even better job than I did. <laughs> I, took it, so, I, I took it out. I took it out. It's all right. I took the shot there. No worries. Um, yeah. So let's uh let's move on though. Let's talk about some Zach Levine here. Um. So Zach Levine obviously expiring contract up for extension this off season. Um. I know Trey and I have gone back and forth on this show, and you know we we both pretty much said a uh, hundred times at this point that he is well worth the max. So mm-hmm. I think we both stand there. But, Hayes, give us your thoughts there, man. Uh, you know, is this a guy you're going to max out this this coming offseason? I, I, so the only thing that concerns me is the knee. And you hear the rumors that he may get offseason knee surgery, even though they say everything's structurally fine with the knee. I guess that remains to be seen. But I definitely think he he deserves the max. Now, do the Bulls lace it in, in kind of like they did with Lonzo's contract of putting in a lot of incentives that are based on health and how many games you play? Do they do that type of thing? Does Zach even go for that? But I definitely think Zach has more than deserved the max, um, considering everything he's been through with the with the coaching chase and is almost dealing with uh, with boiling enough. <laughs> makes you deserve the max to me. So, yeah, Zach Levine has deserved the max. I'm not saying he's a perfect player, but he definitely deserves the max for this team. So, according to NBC Sports Chicago, if Levine makes a uh, 2022 All-NBA team, which it looks like, I mean, I, I think he probably will. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, one of them, first, second, third, I don't know which, but I think he probably will. Um, but he's going to be eligible then for a Supermax contract. That's going to be a starting salary of 35% of the salary cap, which would be about uh, $42.4 million dollars. Uh, for that first season, uh, obviously, and then uh, that's using a 121 million projection from the for the 2022-23 season. Mm-hmm. And then if he doesn't do that, um, he's eligible for that max, obviously, uh, which would just be 213 million over five years. So uh, just a whole boatload of money. Uh, Trey, I know, like you said, you know, you've been saying this guy's worth the you know max, but does that need concern you as much? I mean, of course it concerns me, but in terms of the contract. We we love what AK and Eversley have built here. They aren't able to build that if they don't have Zach to bring in the talent okay. around. And I this team is with Demar playing, you know, the talent that he has. We didn't expect this coming in. Vucevic, he's getting older. We want this team to contend for you know the next three or four years. We see the chemistry they have. To me, I wouldn't even rock the boat with trying to haggle over the in, over the games played and things like that. I just try and keep him happy, keep everything running smooth. And because he, he is, I know DeMar's the number one guy now, but Zach is the guy who brought it all together. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Hayes. You got something to say? No, I, I, I agree with that. Like, we, we don't have these players if it isn't for Zach Levine. Period. Yeah, people want to play with him, man. And um, I know Billy Donovan's been talking about, like, how he's just, like, the perfect, you know, uh, star player because he just, like, he's willing to give up the spotlight. He's willing to give up the shots to DeMar. Um, he's willing just to play the role he needs to play. He's only 27 years old, fellas. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, just the, the future is bright for this guy. We may not have even seen the best Zach Levine years yet. Uh, you know, 
is that knee a concern? Yeah, absolutely, man. It is. He's had the surgery already. Um, you know, he's an explosive player. We've seen explosive players before. Look at Derrick Rose. We just talked about him. What happened after he's tore his ACL? But obviously, that didn't happen to Zach. Zach's come back stronger, played better. He's been more efficient from the field. Uh, this season is the second highest field goal percentage of his career, second highest three-point percentage. And those guys, and these are just compared to last year, because last year was his best, his best season by far. Um, this is his highest free throw percentage of his career, uh, second highest in rebounds, second highest in assists. Now, the, the downside here, and I think this is where, uh, even more so than the knee for me, this is where you can make the case. Now, I've already said, I think he's worth the max, but this is where you can make the case where I think you have some reservations about giving this guy the max. On the defensive side, fellas, man, I, I don't know if there's a guy on the team that has more lapses than Zach Levine. What do you think about that, Ace? <sighs> I, I don't know. We, we Tony Bradley is on the team. Um, <laughs> okay, but, fair, fair, fair. <laughs> no, are, are we sure he's still actually on the roster? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, he's at my man. He's at my. But go ahead. Um, I, I will say this: Zach has improved on the on the defensive end of the ball, and what we see, and this this is why roster construction is important, because when he's playing out there with Lonzo, the way that Lonzo communicates, it makes Zach Levine a better off the ball and on the ball defender. But yes, Zach Levine's defense is always going to be the thing. And some of his turnovers sometimes, right? When he's forced to do some of that ball yeah. handling, those turnovers do do frustrate me. Like he's not a perfect player. The defense is an issue. And then I also will say one thing that I that I need to see from Zach Levine as well is him not letting the refs frustrate him so much. There are times where the refs frustrate Zach Levine and he gets completely out of his game. And then it becomes more about trying to force them to make a call than making the smart basketball decisions. That's just me being a, giving an honest critique on Zach Levine. But the thing that we've seen with him is that I trust that Zach Levine is going to continue to strive. He may not ever be a lockdown defender, but I do think he's going to make enough to where he's solid enough defensively that it's not as bad as what I mean, even if you look at what it was. From when he first got here to now, it's a considerable change, right? Mm-hmm. Still not where we need it to be, but he's made strides. So yeah, maybe, uh, but, maybe in that in the Steph Curry vein, where he was a exactly. he was considered a poor defender, but when you surround him with a Draymond to Clay, you, if you have the good defenders around him, so if you give Lonzo Caruso, you know, to Zach and give them that communication, maybe he can go from a bad defender to to something that's capable. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely, man. And and yeah, look, I. I agree, Hayes. You know, he is a lot better than when he started. And, and and Trey knows, you know, defensive side of the ball is something I pay a lot of attention to um, just because, you know, th- that was drilled into me from a young age when I played basketball. It's like, dude, you got to play defense because you can't score. So, uh, you know, that's that's kind of what I like to watch. Uh, but no, it's, it, you know, it, it, it does concern me a little bit. And I think the other thing that concerns me uh, is what Hayes talked about there was, you know, Zach Levine in the crunch time. And that's why they got went out and got DeMar DeRozan. So here, here's my question for you, Trey. I'm going to shoot this to you first. I think Zach Levine's always going to need a DeMar DeRozan type because he really does struggle when you ask him to perform in the clutch. He has turno- key turnovers. He has inabilities to score. He, he takes bad shots sometimes. I think he's always going to need a DeMar DeRozan. So is that a guy that you give a max contract to? Mm-hmm. I think he's going to learn from DeMar DeRozan. I think, like you said, he's only 27. It's not like he's been in the league forever. And this is the first time he's really had a a quality team around him. And he's not the number one guy down the stretch. So I think if he maybe had a season where he was the number one guy on a team like this, we might see his reps, you know, be a little bit better, especially – you know, I, I talk about the, you know, the connective playmaking from Caruso and Lonzo all the time. But if if he was out there with those two and they were able to kind of help him alleviate up with the playmaking, I think he can make strides on that end. And 
I think that's something that can come. What do you think, Hayes? Yeah, I, I agree. I, 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 I think, you know, Zach, like I said, roster construction is a thing. And he may be somebody that always needs a, a, a 1A, 1B next to him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do trust Zach's ability. And keep in mind, too, I think people forget that before the thumb, the knee, and the back, that Zach Levine – was ha- his efficiency numbers were right up there with DeMar's. He wasn't doing the, the the fourth quarter thing, but his efficiency numbers were amazing. So I, I think there is that in, in, in Zach Levine. And, you know, we'll see. But, you know, needing somebody who can also score with you, I mean, we all the best teams in the league have that, right? So yeah. I don't necessarily hold Durant that against him. to play with Kyrie. Exactly. And, I, and so I don't necessarily see that as a negative on Zach because they're, they're, we're outside of the time of it taking only one player to really get you in the championship contention. I mean, look, look at LeBron. Everywhere he goes, he has to bring another star with him. So I'm not going to hold that against Zach Levine per se. Um, but I will say that I do want to see Zach at some point become more of a leader. While he is our best player at times, I don't really see leadership qualities in Zach Levine. And that sometimes worries me more so than anything else. Yeah, I, I agree with that, Hayes. And, um, you know, we really need him to go. I know I said this uh, during our, our all-star break shows here, but we really need him to go on a tear here to close out this 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 season, man. We need to win some of these games here. So um, I'd love to see him go off for, you know, 30, 35 uh, multiple nights in a row, something like that. Just something where he goes on a stretch where DeMar DeRozan doesn't have to carry the team as much. Um, a couple guys, though, I did look up some contracts here. A couple guys, if he does get that max deal, he'd be making more uh, than these guys. Paul George. Zach has more, uh, and I looked actually at their 20, their year, their season when they were 26 years old. So this is compared to their 26 year old season. Okay. So Paul George, Zach has more assists, more points, slightly better percentages, except for free throw percentages than Paul George in his year 26 season. He'd be making more than Clay Thompson. Uh, he has more points, assists, rebounds, and worse percentages from three point free throw. Jimmy Butler, uh, more points, better percentages all around than Jimmy Butler. Uh, Chris Middleton. In more points, assists, and better percentages, except for free throw percentages, and Chris Middleton. So Chris Middleton, Jimmy Butler, Clay Thompson, Paul George. You'd be making more money than those guys. I think of those guys, I I don't know. I might take Paul George over over uh, uh, you know Zach Levine if if he's a healthy Paul George, obviously, um, because that is a a really killer two way player though. Um, mm. But I think I think other than that, I think Zach is better than those other three on that list. What do you think, Case? Yeah, I agree. I I agree. And and the the thing is is that. You you feel in Zach, right, that there's still so much room for him to still grow. And that may sound crazy for a player in their eighth year in the NBA. But, yeah, I really do think that I, I take Zach over those players. Yeah. What about you, Trey? Yeah, I'm you know, you know how much I love Zach. I'm taking him over all. Of them. But you like you said, Paul George is he's a tough one to I think Paul George is the only one I still have higher. He's so because of the two way. Yeah, he's a, he's he's a two-way player. He's just yeah. he's just so underrated. I think he 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 nets you so many wins. Um, but speaking up of Zach Levine outperforming and doing better than usual, we have a brand new daily fantasy partner where you can bet on Zach Levine at Sports Ethos. It's Thrive Fantasy. Prop up a Thrive Fantasy on their mobile app or at thrivefantasy.com. Use code Ethos when you sign up to get a 100% deposit match bonus on your first deposit up to 100 bucks plus either two or four free game tickets to play. Pick player props on the biggest names playing every night. Score points when your props hit, and the players with the most points win a share of the nightly prize money and check out our sports ethos dfs or podcast for advice on winners that includes me your guy keith uh again that code is ethos over at thrivefantasy.com go get it now man it's uh good stuff so um let's move on guys though let's talk a little bit about alex first obviously he had his little triumphant return here uh in the last game and 
I don't know. The Bulls held the Cavs to 91. I know, Trey, I know you and I talked about this, so you can, you know, be quiet. I'm going to ask Hayes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trey, how much of Alex Caruso's presence really helped the Bulls, or was it really just the Cavs being tired on the second half of back-to-back? You meant to ask Hayes that, right? You said <laughs> I didn't mean to ask Hayes that. Man, if you could listen, I asked Hayes that, okay? <laughs> um, I, th- I think the, the Caruso's energy and what he brings is so important, not even from just how he plays. Like you see that now, right? Is you see that that what the, the the energy that he provides, the communication that he provides, the transition buckets that he provides, and getting in the pass lanes, all that is highly important. So Alex Caruso's impact on this team, I think I under, underestimated it as well because it's been so long since we saw it, right? He came back, he played a, a couple a couple of games for us after being out, came back, played a couple of games, and went out again. Um, but Alex Caruso is just so huge for this team and the energy that he provides. I see what people call him the GOAT because it's it's one of those things that it's hard to always be tangible, right? If he gets a bunch of steals, it's easy to easy to say, oh, well, look, look at what he did with the steals number. But he's always going to give you something that may not even show up on the stat sheet. And it changes, especially when you have so many unproven players on the bench as well. And now having him and Tristan, man, I'm really excited to see what this team does going forward. And, uh, you know, I did sleep on Alex Caruso a little bit. You know, Lakers fans and Knicks fans, whenever they say something on Twitter or whatever, it's like you kind of like look at it. You got to like, block uh, it out. Yeah, it's like, dude, yeah. I can't even because I, I I slept on Alex Caruso entirely because it came from Lakers fans, man. So I was like, they can't be telling the truth. But once I saw him actually play, I was like, man, this guy's incredible. OK, Alex Caruso fanboy. Uh, tell me. Go ahead and tell me your side of the story. Was that all Alex Caruso in that uh, 91 point uh, effort there for the Bulls? I mean, not all, <laughs> but a lot. I. I think that ma- I think that matters. Like, and you know, I like to look at the advanced sort of things. The Bulls added 9.7 points per 100 possessions in transition alone. That's 94th percentile for for the league average. They added 6.4 points per 100 possession off of steals, and that's all because of Caruso. His steal percentage last night was in the 98th or percentile. So like, he was just a huge factor whenever you whenever you look at the advanced sort of thing. Did you see that Caruso said that uh, actually Io did a better job on Darius Garland than he did and that he was like a little bit winded in the fourth quarter? What did you think about that? Did you see that those comments? That's because he he knew the mo- he was owning the moment and he was sharing that moment with Io. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say that's because the, the chemistry on this team is so great. Like we saw uh, – I don't know if you guys saw in the interview after the game where Caruso was doing the interview and the guys came over and were just talking to him and he dropped a shit on live TV. <laughs> uh, but yeah like i i just love the team and i i just i i love the chemistry with all these guys yeah we love to see patrick williams over there on the sidelines wearing a crusoe jersey Absolutely. and the guys return and we love to see you know uh javante green wearing the headband i mean these guys you know they show up for their boy obviously uh they, they have a lot of respect for him so uh not only do we see the things as fans uh of the game and watching these games but i think that the players on the team have a lot of respect for him too um but you know what, what else is this uh guy bring besides just uh the defense here uh trey i know you've mentioned this before but as a connective playmaker i think you call it um you know what does he bring on the offensive side well hayes mentioned the the transition he gets things going even even if he doesn't get the steal he's just always looking to push the pace and he adds that whenever demar or zach if they if they draw the double as soon as he gets the ball he's making a decision and he really takes advantage of when they bend the defense he's able to kind of break it down completely so I, that matters because if you can't take advantage whenever they double DeMar, they're just going to keep sending those doubles over and over. And 
come playoff time when it really ramps up, you have to have a counter to those things. So does uh does Caruso change the calculus for this team? Uh, Hayes, does he really like add enough for this team that we don't need to worry as much about our point of attack defense? I mean, is this is this like our savior right here, or do we need Lonzo Ball? Do we need do we need Patrick Williams to come back to truly you know bring our defense to where it needs to be? I think to bring it to his optimal, you need all three, right? But Alex Caruso does do enough to where you can you can see it making a considerable change, especially because the Bulls' offense is almost always scored enough typically to win them games. It's, the, it's needing somebody to make the correct defensive stops at, 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 at times, right? To get, because we don't have the best scorers coming off the bench, especially, you know, when Kobe's being inconsistent, how do you get now from, from better and easier bench scoring is that the way he plays the transition lanes and gets turnovers, those things make the team instantly better as far as the defensive end to help with the offense that we're able to score. But when you add Lonzo on top of that, Lonzo's versatility, Lonzo can switch anywhere from one to on some fours and play solid defense. So when you have two players who can do that defensively and you don't have the best defensive team, the one-on-one defenders, it changes things dramatically for a team. And then if we can get Patrick Williams back playing the defense he did last season for us, listen, that the Bulls defense then – we saw it. The healthiest that this team was, the Bulls were ranked fifth in defense. Mm-hmm. When you match a high-powered offense with a defense that can rank that high, and I know some fans and some people have said, well, the Bulls weren't facing the best competition when we were ranked that high. Okay, let's say the Bulls even fall down to 10 to 12. Mm-hmm. If you have an offense that can give you 120 points almost any night and a defense ranked in the top 15, that's mm-hmm. almost enough to get past to give you a chance against any team. Yeah, you're, you're right, man. And to your point, Hayes, uh, through December 20th, from the start of the season through December 20th, the Bulls were ranked 11th in defensive rating. So right in that 10 to 12 sweet spot you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And that coincides with Caruso going down. Caruso got injured that next day. Uh, And then Lonzo went into the health and safety protocols. And, of course, he came back for like seven, eight games. Then he went uh, and got got injured himself. But they were 11th in defensive rating. And then from the 21st onward until now, they've been 23rd in defensive rating. So they went from a top third team in defense to a bottom third team in defense. Defense and probably, honestly, on most nights, one of the worst teams on defense, which is something mm-hmm. that I like to watch. So it's it, it, it's it's been a struggle to watch these games as somebody that watches defense because I'm constantly seeing mistakes and issues that just you can't you can't solve them unless you get these guys back. Because we like you said, we see Caruso, we see Lonzo Ball switching one through four, and that helps so much. And obviously, Patrick Williams one through five, even uh, he can just guard anybody on the court. Uh, we see you know we Patrick Williams is guarding Zion Williamson. We even saw Lonzo Ball guard some Zion Williamson early in the year. So mm-hmm. like. Uh, and some Julius Randle. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's just crazy to me. So um, we're missing so much on that defensive side without those three guys. But I think uh, Alex Crusoe does help quite a lot, especially the point of attack defense. So let's move on, though. Let's talk about the Bulls head coach here, Mr. Billy Donovan. And uh, Trey, you haven't spoken a little bit here. Um, Bulls got a chance at a 51 season here, man. I mean, you know, call it what it is. Uh, they're having a great season. Um, you know, I know you gave me your grade already for for Coach Billy Donovan, but – have you had any additional thoughts here about, you know, what his strengths and weaknesses are as a head coach, how he's handled all this? I mean, if you remember what my grade is good for you, because I certainly <laughs> don't, I'm, I'm, I, I imagine don't. <laughs> it was, it was a positive one though. Because it was good. It's I, think, better than mine. I think given all of the juggling he's had to do and the personnel he's had at his disposal, he's done just about everything you could ask for out of this team. And you can't ask for much more than that. The, the chemistry's still been there, even though they've been, you know, bitten by the injury rug all season so what 
if you want me to give him a grade, what B plus, A minus, I think I think he's been great. That was probably what you gave him, honestly. I think I gave him a B minus in our uh, our little All Star break there. Um, I've got my concerns, man, but let but let me uh, let Hayes you know give his two cents here. What do you think about Mr. Uh, Coach Billy Donovan uh, here in the first uh, what two thirds, three three quarters of the season here? Uh, well, definitely three three quarters, right? But anyways, what do you think of him, Hayes? What what grade would you give him, A through F? I give him a solid B minus, and I think the adjustments, being slow to make adjustments, getting getting killed. I had a whole episode where I think I said pick and roll. I think they counted yeah. it was like 80 times. It was like yeah. like you to get murdered by a simple pick and roll. Like you, I can't give you an A when you mm-hmm. when you do that if you didn't make the proper adjustments. And I think the one thing with Billy Donovan, well, the two things that that are my are most problematic to me is the slow slowness to make adjustments because as we know the playoffs become all about a chess game of who can make the correct adjustments at the correct time so that does concern me and then as well as how how the offense stagnates sometimes and i know a lot of bulls fans will say iso ball iso ball iso ball and that is an issue but also when you look at it he doesn't try to go to the hot hand there was a game and kobe white was three for four from three pointers and we needed a three and he was wide open in the corner but yet we ran a mid-range play for demar Derozan. it doesn't make any sense to me when you consider everything in that game now Ball movement also has been an issue sometimes. Now, I don't know if that's a design of the system or the players just aren't doing what they're supposed to do, but those things are the most concerning to me, and mainly because when I look at this team, I'm looking at it as a, as what happens in the playoffs. And because of that game of adjustments that the playoffs become, it really does make me concerned on what about when he faces a Eric Spolster in the playoffs, and that's a one of the best coaches ever, right? And and what does that happen? Um, how how does that go down with the with the adjustment? So the solid B minus to me. Yeah, I gave him a B minus All Star break. I have a lot of the same concerns you do, Hayes. Man, it's um, and, and uh, I think it was the Dallas Mavericks and the San Antonio Spurs that were like within a, a week period that they just tore us apart with the pick and roll. So that was probably yeah. when your episode dropped because um, I know Cleveland went off for like eight of nine from three pointers or something like that. It was something ridiculous. I can't remember exactly what was off the top of my head, but um, but the, the thing that ticks me off, and I've talked to this about Trey quite a few times, is that. Whether or not you have the personnel to do it, I would like to see you try new things. Once, mm-hmm. you know, a team runs something like that three, four, five times in a row, it's like you have to know it's coming, right? And the Bulls are slow to react and slow to adapt and slow to change what they're doing. It's it's a little bit predictable what the Bulls do uh, on a night-to-night basis. So, like like you said, Hayes, that doesn't concern me now in the regular season. But as we get into the postseason, um, when those adjust- game-to-game adjustments really do matter, that's really going to be an issue to me. And this is a guy, Trey, I'm going to kick this to you, man, a guy that had Kevin Durant, a young and athletic Russell Westbrook, James Harden, and couldn't, you know, win a championship. I mean, obviously winning a championship, that's like one of 30 teams. It's not – you're, I mean, you're was, not was ever – Was he the coach that got them to the finals? Yeah. Uh, yes, he was. Yeah, he was. He I feel was. like so he got you, to the if finals. He, if, if you'd have let him keep Harden, they pro- I think he probably would have got there. To me, I, I don't think you can really, I don't think you can put that on Billy Donovan not winning a title with those three because they were so young, and he got them to the finals. And when you run into the, you know, that Heat team with LeBron, young, you know, still not, you know, just past his prime, Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh buying completely into being that third wheel and doing all the little things needed to do to win a championship. I, I don't think you can hold that against him, but those other things you guys brought up, you can definitely hold against him. And I'm I'm a little more forgiving than you guys be, just because I I miss the point of attack defense from Caruso and Lonzo so much. And I, I feel like just so many of the problems we've seen throughout this time without them will be fixed just by adding them back in. 
But that that doesn't excuse Billy Donovan not trying to, you know, stop the bleeding while we were bleeding. Yeah, and, and you know, and like I said, hey, I open this by saying, hey, we, we've got a chance at a 51 season here. The Bulls are sitting on 41 wins. Um, I think that's our first 40 win season since 2016, 17, something like that. Chance at 50 wins. If they had a 51 season, that's a, the first since 2014, 15, mm-hmm. and the one before that was 2011, 12. So, um, you know, it doesn't happen often. If it, that does happen, that's a very successful season. There's no way you can say Billy Donovan is a less than average coach. Um, but you know. Like like we've been saying, man, it, it's just it, it's just stuff that we're seeing that are, is just a little bit concerning here. Um, but the thing is, uh, like Trey said there, you can't really give him a complete grade here because he's had so many people out. And I'm, I'm sure he's had, you know, a defensive plan and an offensive plan that includes Alex Caruso, Patrick Williams, Lonzo Ball. For sure, Lonzo Ball. For sure, for sure, Alex yeah. Caruso and Patrick Williams. I mean, like there's no way that those guys wouldn't be included because those are the three of your top, you know, seven, eight players. So, uh, you know, Hayes, can – can you really give him a full judgment here? I mean, is it, is it something where, you know, if he has those ingredients that he's been missing, like Trey says, uh, he has an even more success? Well, I think some of the things that, as far as the adjustments, that's regardless of who you have. Um, and now it makes it easier to make some adjustments, right, When with the personnel. And how he's handled the lack of personnel over the course of the season, he gets all the kudos for that. Mm-hmm. But I do think that, you know, it a lot of this may be fixed by that. Like, we have not, to, not yet to see really – the best version of Patrick Williams next to Nikola Vucevic to really see what that pairing in the for- front court really does. So he does get credit for that. Let me like he's he's handled this probably better than almost any other coach in the league would have. And I know people are going to listen and say, well, every every team has had um, has had injuries over the course of the season. But we literally have been without uh, for a team that doesn't have great one on one defenders. Mm-hmm. Every single one of our best one on one defenders we've been out all season. Mm-hmm. That that's yeah. major. Yeah, these are these are three. While really we play players. a big who requires having high level point of attack defenders, our entire yeah. system is built around having these players. And when you take all three of them out, you you can't expect Vucevic to to do anything except struggle. And yeah. I he looks bad so often. I feel so bad for him because I he wouldn't look he wouldn't look that poor if he had the, you know that talent up front kind of protecting him. Well, without that point of attack defense, I mean, he's being asked to guard two guys, basically, uh, you know, going downhill, which is just mm-hmm. it's impossible for for any for most people. I mean, if you have like a, uh, you know, an Evan Mobley type or a uh, Miles Turner type, it, sure, like maybe maybe they have the athleticism, but he just doesn't have that. So we um, but we don't have to worry about it anymore, guys. We got Caruso back. We do Patrick got Caruso. Williams is looking at maybe coming back <laughs> Friday, I think, is what yeah. I thought yeah. Johnson that's, put out. So yeah. that's at Phoenix. We've got the guys coming back. Lonzo in a couple weeks. Good times are coming. Let's not be Debbie Downers right <laughs> oh, now. Oh, no, no, no. I am not, man. I'm I'm high on this Bulls team. I think we were from the very beginning, Chase. That's where we uh, we won out over the big national pundits. Uh, but I think the biggest thing that Billy has going for him, though, is that uh, is that Zach Levine just loves him, man. Because this yeah. is a, a, from a quote from the uh, early in March here on a WGN radio. Billy's the best coach in the world for me. I've got along with him more than any other coach I've had in my career. And I've had a good amount of them, he says with a laugh, uh, which, of course, he has. He's had a lot of turnstiles as far as coaching goes. But yeah. uh, we're talking about extending Zach Levine this offseason. And I think, uh, you know, obviously he's here to stay, right, guys? I mean, you're not getting rid of uh, Billy Donovan, even if we are first-round exit, right, Hayes? Yeah, yeah. I think I think Billy has at least earned to see next season what he does with hopefully a better, you know, history of, of, of injuries over the course of, of next season. But, Billy, you don't look at – you. There's not many coaches that are 
at least on paper, an upgrade from Billy Donovan that are going to be available anytime soon. Now, if you find a diamond in the rough, all right, hats off to you there. But for, you know, Bulls, I understand Bulls fans are frustrated, but Billy Donovan doesn't need to go anywhere anytime soon. He has earned the right to be able to see this through and hopefully have better health next season as well. So, yeah, you mentioned um, diamond in the rough. Don't do you remember how excited you were when we found out we were getting Billy Donovan as our coach? I was yeah. I was so like that was the that was huge. Never for me thought as it. a Bulls fan. I was like, oh, man, never we are, thought it. We are, well, hey, I this think is it. we're contending now. Like we're and then the Bulls signed DeMar DeRozan. And, you know, I, I just think like um, it's part of the it's part of AK's plan to like, you know, you have to make this place a desirable place to go. So you can't have a, a Jim Boylan as your coach. It's just not Jim Boylan was not a player's coach. Billy Donovan is definitely a player's coach. Players want to play for him. Uh, he's got respect around the league. So it's like, you know, it was a great signing. Like this is also our front office doing doing good work. Can I throw something at you guys? Yes. All right. So I've, I've asked this before. So after we signed Billy Donovan, uh, Doc Rivers became available. Would you have rather had Doc Rivers as the coach of the Chicago Bulls than Billy Donovan? I say no. I know people get so caught up in he's from Chicago thing, but I like Billy Donovan on this team. Yeah, I can't get it behind that, man. I I do like uh like me some Doc Rivers, but I think Doc Rivers needs more of a season type of team. And this is really wasn't this was a team that was coming together. Yeah. Um, I like Billy Donovan more. You know, he he had that young OKC team, uh, performing really well. So I I like him more in this situation. What about you, Trey? I'm not a big Doc Rivers fan. Okay. So no, I so squash. That. I, I yeah, I think Billy. Do- I just think Billy Donovan is a much better coach, and I'd much rather have the the much better coach. Well, while okay. we're giving uh, Billy Donovan some kudos, stop giving your personal information to your ISP. On top of overcharging, your ISP is le- allowed to legally sell your browsing history to third-party advertisers for a ton of cash. Take your privacy back with ExpressVPN. Head to our special promotional link at expressvpn.com slash hoopball. Yes, we are Sports Ethos. We used to be hoopball, so it's still hoopball. To get three bonus months on a three 12-month subscription, it's super easy. Turning it on just takes one click, and it works great with streaming services like Netflix or sports packages like League Pass, too. Once more, that's expressvpn.com slash Ball. So go grab those three bonus months right now. It's really awesome. Uh, last little uh, subject we have here, Mr. Hayes, while we have you. Uh, playoff picture here. Bulls sitting in fourth place right now, just a game ahead of the Boston Celtics. Man, they are third in strength of schedule right now. So the Bulls are the Bulls have the third worst strength of schedule. This is according to Tankathon, uh, who's the one I use for strength of schedule. You can use others, but uh, third. And then the Bucks are fifth. The Boston Celtics are sixth. So you know we're kind of comparable to those guys. But you got the Philadelphia 76ers. They're 14th. You got the Cleveland Cavaliers. They have a ninth, the 19th hardest schedule. You've got the Miami Heat. They have the 28th hardest schedule. And they're sitting in first right now. I, I don't know, man. Can the Bulls stave off, uh, you know, Boston Celtics and the uh, Cavs and stay in fourth, or are they going to slip a little further in the standings? They may slip a little further initially, but I think as we get Patrick Williams, Lonzo Ball back, I really do think that this Bulls team is going to go on a nice tear to end the season. And then when you look at all the play, all the teams that you mentioned, uh, we play in our last five out of our last six games against Miami, Milwaukee, Boston, and Charlotte, all playoff or play in teams. Our last game is against Minnesota, but we also play Cleveland over the course of the next stretch and and, uh, Milwaukee twice over that. So as we look for this team to improve, I do think that they can hold on. I don't know. I, I I've speculated before that they can possibly get back up to second, but I think they're going to stay around that three or four range. And I feel pretty confident in saying that. 
Yeah, I know. I saw. Uh, I heard you and, and Pat over there on Locked On talking about how they can maybe win 10, 10 or eleven of these next games. And that was before the, the last game where we won, obviously. And, and I think you're right about that. I think that is definitely possible. Uh, now, is it probable? I don't know. Trey, what do you think, man? Can they stave off, uh, you know, Boston and Cleveland here? I think they're rubbing off on you because that's the most optimistic I've ever heard you sound. <laughs> you think they can win ten or eleven of these next ones? I'm proud of you. I, I uh, agree. Because yeah. I, I believe in this team, and I, I do think getting Patrick Williams back is going to be huge. Caruso, we saw the value he adds. And I, I think Zach is going – I don't think we're going to shut him down. So I think he's going to be playing. I don't think he's going to miss extended games. So I also expect the Bulls to be able to go on a run. And I don't know if they'll be able to pass Philly. I, I really think we're destined for a Bulls-Celtics 4-5 first round, you know, just slugfest. Just another classic series between the two. See, I was a fan of the Bulls when the Elton Brand was their best player, man. Like, yeah, I can't be optimistic about the Bulls, man. I got to be pessimistic, and then when they do well, I'm really happy. That's how it works, man. That's how it goes. No, I thought I thought maybe 9 and 7 was probably, like, my high end there. I don't know if they can get 10 or 11 here. I think that's a tough ask. Eight of the nine next games are uh, for the Bulls are away. They're 16 and 16 down the road. The one question mark and the one, you know, factor that we have to factor in that we don't really know about is the Bulls, like Hay said, they're getting healthy. And uh, Trey mentioned, you know, obviously Patrick Williams coming back possibly on Friday, man, my fingers are crossed. Um, but I think that's a huge get if they can. And uh, hey, man, if those guys come back, if Lonzo Ball comes back in, you know, another week and a half or, or two weeks and those guys are you know ready to hit the ground running and, and playing like they can play, then yeah, I think 10 or 11 games, that's definitely possible. That's definitely, I mean, I, I think the Bulls, are going to be hitting their stride right as the playoffs start here. Now, there's also the possibility those guys come back. They've been out for a while with injuries, and they come back, and they're not ready to hit the ground running, especially Patrick Williams, who's missed a lot of games in his first two seasons. Um, So, you know, if that's the case, I don't know, man. So what what do you think, uh, Hayes? Let me ask you. Let me put it to you like this. The Bulls end up being a fifth seed and get the Boston Celtics in the first round, so they're a Mm -hmm. 5-4. How do you think that series goes, man? Do you think the Bulls can pull out a a, uh, victory in that series? I do. The thing that worries me the most isn't even Patrick Williams, right? Because, you know, what he's going to be asked to do is mainly defense and take open shots confidently when he comes back. And I, and I trust him to do that. He's not like they're going to run plays for him. The thing that worries the, the player that worries me the most is Lonzo and only because it's a knee. So that lateral quick quickness, how much does that take away from his defense? Is he trusting that knee? All those things could, could go away and seeing him in two games, but that's kind of my biggest concern. But as far as Boston, I think the Bulls have more than enough when everybody's healthy to beat Boston. I'm not saying that we should necessarily be favored. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. It's probably going to go six or seven games. But I do think the team has enough, and that is it could be a great primer to really get everybody back together and on the same page to really go through that test. And don't don't overlook the power of Javante Green possibly moving to the bench, bringing in off the bench defenders like Caruso, Io. Uh, uh, Tristan Thompson and Javante Green all coming off the bench potentially for the Chicago Bulls. That is nice. No team is going to be able to rest defensively if you're bringing if you have those type of defenders coming off the bench. And I've always said Javante can be more dangerous coming off the bench because he can mm-hmm. play more positions. Javante can guard between two to four in what he so showed this season. So bringing that off the bench, it's going to make it really interesting, especially against a long team like Boston. I would just love to have his energy off the bench, man. That'd be so yeah. fantastic. All right, Trey, man, what, what do you think? You're a Boston fanboy, so uh, 
Trey and I had a little bit of a betting podcast before we started this Bulls podcast, and uh, he was really on that Boston Celtics team. I was the Celtics the guy. He was the Hawks yeah. guy. But yeah. okay. I the think Hawks. I think Lonzo is right. We need Lonzo back or Patrick Williams. We need one of the two because those are our two big defenders. And Tatum, I love Caruso, but I don't know. I think Tatum's just going to shoot over him. So to mm. me, I think the key in that series would be having one of those two guys to be able to try and throw at Tatum because. While I agree with Hayes, I think the the Bulls have more than enough to win. Tatum, he's right on that superstar tier, and if if he can take over a couple games, you know that that's all it takes in a seven game series. And I know you mentioned Trey before, and I think that's a good point. Is um you know the Bulls playing offense to the point because our offense, man, like it, it's rolling right now, mm-hmm. but it's not at the it's not at the peak that it can be when we have Caruso, when we have Patrick Williams, when we have especially when we have Lonzo Ball. I think Lonzo Ball opens up so much. Uh, on the offensive side. I said this in our last episode with Will Gottlieb. Go back and listen to that if you haven't, but it's a great episode. But um, but anyways, with Lonzo Ball, because when you create that spacing, because you have so much gravity when it comes to Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan, you got the defenses just giving so much attention to those two guys and to a certain extent, uh, Nikola Vucevic also. But when you have that happening, you got to capitalize on that space. And how do the Bulls capitalize on that space? They don't take a lot of threes. But you got Lonzo Ball, you add that to the mix, and this guy's taking seven, eight, nine, ten three-pointers a game. And hitting at a very, very – he's hitting at a career-high rate and uh, and just absolutely demolishing people from long range. When you add that into the mix, I think that really opens up your offense. So, uh, Trey, I know you've talked before about how Robert Williams, you know, the Celtics like to use him as kind of a free safety on defense, letting him guard the guy in the corner. When that guy in the corner is Patrick Williams or Nikola Vucevic, I mean, he can't really do that that well, right? If Patrick Williams still has that quick trigger that he was showing off at the beginning of the season, then I think he's he'll be able to shoot over over time Lord trying to get back and help. But if he if he has the slower release that he had last season, then I think Time Lord's length and his ability to his timing on blocks is just, you know, one of the absolute best in the league. So I would be a little worried about that still, but that's that's just that's why the Celtics have, you know, what, the best defense in the league, I think, right mm-hmm. now. And Time Lord and Marcus Smart are both getting a little bit of underground buzz for that defensive player of the year talk now. So, I mean, we're going to, it's going to be difficult to score on Time Lord regardless of who's out there. I mean, Hayes is talking about our defense coming off the bench, but man, the Celtics got Derek White and they've yeah. got Marcus Smart and they've got Robert Williams and they've got Al Horford. Like, that's a good defensive team, man. Does that scare you at all? It doesn't scare me, but I do think I, it doesn't scare me. But I, I I'd be lying if I didn't say we need to look out for it, right, and see how it goes. I really think the thing that really in that in that Boston game, and not just to put it on one player, but like what how who what teams bench not only brings the defense, but can also keep up the pace with scoring and force the issue is really going to dictate how easy that series is for either team. I know I was looking at it recently. The Bulls like 28th in bench scoring, but that's without, you know, we've had so many people injured through the year. Um, when we are healthy, I haven't looked at that. I'm going to have to look at that when we're healthy, what our bench scoring was at, because it's got to be better than that. But, man, Trey, I'm excited to do, because we're going to do a little bit of a preview here. If the Bulls do play the Celtics, I think we're going to do a preview about that. I think that's going to be our first one we're going to have to hit, man, uh, to just talk about how that series would look if we do get them and uh, see how that goes. But uh, I think that's going to do it for us, fellas, man. That's going to be it. Uh, quickly before we sign off, I want to also remind you all to use coupon code HoopBall20 at Manscaped.com for 20% off your order and free shipping. And also check out our panels at MyBookie.ag. Use code HoopBall on the third page of sign up to unlock deposit match bonuses there as well. Until next time, man, I am Keith Cork. You can find me on Twitter at, at BSBPKeith. Trey, where can the people find you, man? On Twitter at Final Finally. 
And Hayes, thank you so much, man, for coming on the show, man. It was it was a blast, man. I've been a fan of yours for a while, so uh, it was awesome to get you on here, man. What, tell us tell us all the things we can find you doing online and uh, where we can find you. Definitely. You can follow me personally. That's at CEO Hayes. That's CEO H-A-I-Z-E. You can follow my uh, podcast that started it all, Chicago Bulls Central, on both YouTube and uh, Apple, Spotify, all the good normal podcast places. And then you can do the same for Locked on Bulls with the podcast that I do with Pat the Designer. Awesome, man. And uh, please don't forget to follow this show. Also, guys, if you are listening, at Eat Those Bulls is our Twitter. But, man, no Bulls until next time. Let's get some Bulls. Definitely.